are listening to the Forge by Food podcast. Starting in 3, 2, 1. Okay, let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Forge by Food podcast. We are back with episode number 35 or 36 or 37. 30-something. The, the weeks are blending together. Feels like this six months has taken an entire year already. So I'm not sure what episode we're on, but we're back with you. And uh, Six months. Dude, like January and February, even part of March were a breeze. Yeah. It was March and April and May that's three months have been uh, <laughs> rough. It, is, it has definitely been crazy, to say the least, this year, um, or so far. Um, but before we jump into today's content, um, we just wanted to uh, shout out to our sponsor, which is Forged by Food. So Forged by Food is our podcast, but it's also our sponsor we have each and every week. And um, what is Forged by Food? Well, we're a... Uh, nutrition coaching company where we specialize in individual nutrition coaching um, we also do group fit group nutrition coaching excuse me um, and so kind of the, the idea behind it is uh, there's a lot of junk out there and that's the, one of the reasons why we started this podcast is to cut through that uh, give you the real deal raw stuff uh, not what you're reading in magazines and that's the way we treat our nutrition clients we try to give them scientific backed nutrition protocols uh, not just something what they read in a magazine these cleanses or anything like that so if you're interested in actually really getting your nutrition under control and being able to take care of uh, your body maybe your kids and now we know kind of with corona um, and other viruses and just any type of other um, diseases that we encounter the help more healthy we are the better chance of resilience uh, that we have and so food is a huge way to protect yourself uh, against that um, the way you can get started is head over to forgebyfood.com. Uh, visit our website. Shoot us an, a message. You can also hit us up on our Instagrams um, or Facebook, and uh, we'll give you those handles in a few. They'll also be in the show notes if you're just wanting to go right, right now and check it out. So um, go head over to it. If you're ready to get your, uh, your family on track or maybe yourself on track, maybe it's summertime and you're ready to, to lean out a little bit, look a little bit better uh, naked uh, for your significant other. And uh, we can do that for you. As long as you're ready to commit, we can make it happen, yeah. Captain. So um, so you've done another stupid thing. I have. You have. Yeah. Uh, if you've I was been about a long, to ask which one. I'm about to There's say, yeah, if you've been a long-time listener of the podcast, you know that Travis has made a lot of dumb decisions over just this short amount of time of us being, uh, uh, being a podcaster's. And uh, he's done it again, so. I have. I kind of guinea pig myself, I think. <sighs> yeah, I guess that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Um, this one, now I've learned a uh, fun little tidbit, and that's two of my stupid things are now accompanied by the same person. So I'm not the only dumb one. Well, you knew that, <coughs> you knew that he was a little crazy in the first first place. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if we can classify you and him in the same category of dumb. I think he's just a little crazy. Uh, and, yeah. But uh, I'm just following along. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if you haven't listened, uh, if you're just the first time listening to the podcast, um, about, mm, I don't know, three months ago? February 21st. Prior, right before, prior to Corona hitting. Yeah. Uh, Travis and another guy that comes to our gym thought it was a really good idea to try to hike the 
Foothills Trail, which is 75 miles without stopping. So no rest, no tent, no anything, just literally walking for their goal was under 20. Goal was under, I believe, 32 hours. 32 hours. Um, Put us at ultra, ultra runner category. Neither one of them trained. It was literally just like, hey, you want to do this? Tomorrow came, and the next guy was like, yeah, let's do it. The week next week came, and they were doing 75 miles straight. Yeah. Which wrecked them pretty good. And uh, I think I saw your, your foot looked like it had – some type of disorder going on with it <laughs> my foot for i remember so we did it left friday morning um started walking we did not complete the thing uh we were actually on pace to finish and there was a point i remember telling you i was like there's no way that there's at some point where you literally cannot put one foot in front of the other and keep moving and uh, <clears throat> it actually turned out that there is a point in which it becomes very hard to put one foot in front of the other and keep on moving. And I think we figured it out to be like 28 hours. So we got, I think it was 61 miles, 28 hours. And uh, my foot did not fit in a shoe anymore. It looked like it belonged to an elephant. And it took about a, two weeks um, to kind of go down and get better and I swore to everything possible that I would never do anything endurance again. Uh, I don't want to train for that type of stuff. It's not what I enjoy doing. And so I was done with it. Mm. But. But. Waiting <laughs> uh, on that one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we are doing it this coming weekend. So when is that? June 20th. Yep. There is a 100K race ish type of thing and uh it's kind of a cool one how it's set up so this one no excuse for anything i'm not going to finish though um and so this one is pretty cool it it does it's a two mile loop and every two miles you can't build up time and you have to get it done it's like death by two miles with a decreasing time cap so the first two miles you have 45 minutes to finish if you get done in 30 minutes you have to sit around and wait for 15 before you can do the next two miles so literally for like the first 20 something miles you can almost walk it and it's just going to be a mental battle between the heat because it's june 20th in the south and it's probably going to be 98 degrees by 7 30 in the morning um with 80 percent humidity um so talking to there's two other people from the gym doing it and then another buddy i have that he's trained decently well for stuff like this he was uh on his way to try to qualify for the boston before corona hit um and he's doing it as well and me and the other two guys from the gym we said our goal is 32 miles and so if we get 32 miles uh still miles 31 and 32 you can do at a 15 minute pace which everyone I've talked to so far has been like, dude, that's super easy. Um, but going back to the hike, yeah. just remembering, like, the overall fatigue of 32 miles. Like, I remember when we hit over halfway, which was 35 miles on the trail, uh, we were still moving decently well, but I remember the fatigue that had started setting in at that point. And, uh, yeah, it's not going to be as easy as it sounds to get those 32 miles in. Yeah, I'm, I don't even want to think about it. That's why <laughs> when you asked me, I said no. 
Nope, not going to do it. Um, well, good luck. Have fun. And uh, maybe we'll be able, I'll still have a, a uh, podcast co-host next yeah. time we do this. <laughs> Hopefully we still have a, a coach yeah, in, in the gym. In general. <laughs> so um, well, we're going to dive into today's topic. Um, so this topic was asked from a, a client of ours. Um, and you know, we always tell you we want you to give us some, if you want to know about something or you like you want us to talk about it, we love to um, dive into that type thing. And although I think we've actually talked about this in the past, uh, maybe not to this uh, level or, or um, in depth as we're going to jump into it today. But uh, in a nutshell, the, the client um, asked us to speak about, you know, just women and kind of the myths uh, that surround women in training, uh, women in eating, and um, as I say, right, women pretty yeah, much, yeah, I just myths w- that... Women with working out, yeah. the fears, the uh, incorrect beliefs, the myths yeah. that come along with women, most women when they think about working out. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's paint the picture before we jump in. So, um, you know, you can probably put yourself, if you're a female and you listen to this, and if you're a male, you can, you might even be in the same circuit, I don't know, uh, or hear these same things. But, um, you know, most of the places you go to, uh, you, or you see, when you look at books and you look at TV shows and you look at this, the, the marketing behind those things is lean out, tone up, create a six-pack abs, lose weight, uh, shrink wrap you know, like, uh, colon cleanse, like it's all about getting smaller, 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 or, um, less, less, less. Right. And so what we think, or what females, this is where I think the, the market or the, uh, the media, whatever you want to call it, has placed a stigma or a false belief that on how to, excuse me, become lean, quote-unquote, or to look this, quote-unquote, toned way. Yeah, and I think, you know, most females, uh, when they they think about going to the gym and working out, and if they look up pictures and stuff like that, the number one thing that we get from females when they come to us, I would say, uh, I bet it's over 90%. Or they come in and they say, hey, I really want to get in shape, but I don't want to look bulky. Mm -hmm. And that's the number one fear that most females have is that bulky idea of if I work out, then all of a sudden these muscles are going to start popping up and I'm going to look less feminine, I guess, is how you could classify it. And uh, really, I mean... We don't have a ton of time in this, but if we put both of us together, uh, then we've been working in a fitness field. You're at 10 plus years, Um, and I've been doing either in a gym or with uh, like strength and conditioning in a school, stuff like that for over five years. So probably close to 20 years between the two of us. And I don't have a case. I don't know if you do of ever working with a female client that has been like, oh, wow, like she's going to step on a bodybuilding stage and she is like super, I guess, muscular would be the word I'd look for. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, I'm looking at my own life being uh, a male 
And, um, you know, whether, I don't know, this day and age, I'm not sure exactly what I can say and what I can't say, apparently. But, um, you know, there is gender differences as far as testosterone and estrogen in males to females. Uh, males, regardless of however you want to think about it, have an easier ability to put on lean body tissue, uh, which yes. is muscle. Females have a tougher time. Uh, that is the way that they're designed. It is the way that um, you know they have. They're designed to hold a little bit more body fat than guys, um, just based on you know what having babies. Uh, that's kind of the their their bodies are set up to birth uh, children, and so with that, you know they do have testosterone, but they have a predominant estrogen dominance. Estrogen's not, estrogen, excuse me, is not anabolic. And anabolic is what you create when anabolism, uh, when you're trying to gain muscle tissue. So therefore, thinking about a woman lifting weights and getting bulky, it is counterintuitive to what actually their body will allow them to do. And the people that they are associating with bulky in their brain is people that have modified their genetic, uh, or not necessarily their uh, hormone levels to allow them to get bulky. Yeah, and that's um, modified uh, yeah, through I'm... a little bit of uh, supplements yeah. for the most part. Now, we're talking about the 99% of people right now, and there are going to be some outliers out there. There are going to be some women who are very toned or muscular and stuff like that, and they haven't taken any supplements. They haven't done anything like that to become that way but we're talking about the equivalent to like an nfl football player yeah like you don't walk into them every day it's very rare to actually walk into someone of that caliber and if you are in that category of the 0.01 percent of people that fall into that category like you were in middle school walking around and you already had very lean arms. You probably played a sport, and most likely that sport was track. Yeah. Because most of the people who have that genetic predisposition are very fast-twitch muscle people. They have uh, very quick abilities, I guess, so they're going to be sprinters in track, or it may be like a gymnast. Yeah. Um, but if you didn't fall in that category, then you probably don't have to worry about being the person who's going to walk in a gym and then, you know, six months of training hard, be like, oh, wow, like I need to lay off a little bit because I'm getting uh, too muscular. And when I say muscular, I don't mean toned. Yeah. So toned and muscular are two completely different things. Um, and I think what you said earlier is a lot of women come and they say, I don't want to be bulky, but I do want to be toned. Mm. And when you look at that, uh, the idea of lifting it actually works out perfect for them because toned is is going to be building muscle uh like you said earlier it's tougher for a woman to build a lot of muscle than it is going to be for a guy but the toneness is going to be come through training at a higher volume of lifting um so reps between probably 10 and 12 but they're tough reps it's not like or I did 12 and I could have done 30. Um, so lifting in a, a weight range that allows you to do 10 or 12 reps. And then the second part that's going to allow you to get that toneness is going to come down to how you eat. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you know, I think with women in training and, and lifting, um, you know, I have seen some of the best 
body transitions, transformations through women lifting heavy loads and uh, also lifting heavy-ish loads for a number of reps. I have never seen a body develop by lifting two to five pound weights right? and doing aerobics with weights. Um, That is not how you're going to get quote unquote lean or the tone that you're chasing after. That's what the magazines are going to tell you. And that's what we're here to cut through that today. Um, You're going to have to train with weights to get what you want. And I think you hit on the key thing there. And that's what I was going to go with a minute ago with the, uh, the bulky statement of, We've had women come in, and this is, I don't want to hurt any women's feelings, but this is, you know, this is being honest, and this is where we're at with things. Um, we've had women come in and go, I don't want, I'm bulky. I don't want to get bulky anymore because I, I develop muscle really easy. I played, you know, whatever sport in high school. And we look at them, and they're describing a different kind of bulky than we're describing. Right. Like, um, you know, you can look at a college sprinter or a college, uh, basketball player for the most part and they're going to be a lean muscular physique they're they're a genetic anomaly in the world world most most of the time right um what we're not saying is if you're holding an extra 20 pounds of body fat that you're bulky um because you played a sport in high school like that doesn't mean that you hold muscle differently um so don't confuse the the two there of well, I've always just gained weight easy. That's a different thing than like being gaining muscle. Right, right. And that a lot of times comes down to, you know, if it's, oh, I've always gained weight really easily, um, you know, whether that's, okay, let's look at this and have you gained weight easy because, okay, you, you eat what would be considered really healthy foods. The problem is a lot of times those really healthy foods are really high in calories. And so you're like, oh, yeah, I ate really healthy, but I gained weight. I just can't, you know, I'm one of those people who just can't lose weight. And, you know, you sit down and you go over healthy. And what's healthy to them, while each individual food is healthy, they're like, oh, yeah, so for lunch I ate a salad. And that salad I put nuts on it because nuts are healthy. And I put an avocado in it because avocados are healthy. And I made my own salad dressing, and it was olive oil and something else. And you look at it and you're like, okay, each one of those individual foods are healthy, but your healthy is also way over the calories that you can eat in a day to gain, to lose weight. And so that's another one of don't mess up. Like I eat healthy with eating healthy is going to cause you to lose weight, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, it does. And I think so. Uh, kind of streamline what we're saying here is, uh, first of all, like, the myth is you shouldn't lift weights. Um, women are going to get bulky. And I guess what we're debunking on that, first of all, is that's not true. Right. Um, if it is, you already know it. Yeah, if it like, is, you already know it. You're already extremely muscular without having to do much. For sure. Uh, second of all, like knowing a woman's composition, body composition-wise, if you are not where you want to be um, – a lot of times, it, you know, it could be the training that you're looking at, but a lot of times it could be, you know, diet-induced. If you're always chasing um, these, like you said, the, the quote-unquote healthy diets um, and not really figuring out what you're putting inside your body, whether it be like, well, I'm going to go keto because I don't want to eat any carbs because the magazine that I read yesterday told me that carbs are bad for me. Um, or, 
vice versa. And you're going, well, like you said, the healthy foods. I'm eating healthy, but healthy foods sometimes can add up quickly, yeah. especially when you're combining it with other healthy foods, which are all, you know, could be potentially uh, calorie dense. Right. And so, um, you know, really kind of finding the root cause of what you're trying to do uh, when it comes to, you know, diet and exercise. Um, you know, if your goal is to look lean, your goal is to, um, you know, be healthy for your kids, be healthy for your, your uh, family, whatever it happens to be, training with weights is probably your best way to go. Um, so what are some ways that, like, women especially uh, train that would be, we would say, like, probably not a good idea? Yeah, so a lot of times women, the way that I would say is not going to be the good idea or the, the most bang for your buck is going to be, you know, running. Um, and in no way is running a bad thing. And if your goal is to get faster on a half marathon or a marathon, then that's your goal. So your goal shouldn't be training for necessarily the aesthetic appeal appeal but if your goal is the aesthetic appeal then just going and running on the road because you think cardio is king is not the way to do it yeah and i would i would even venture out to say that that if you're training to be healthy running is not the best idea. right yeah and we've talked to a bunch of people at the gym that are like oh man you know when uh or i know i have and over the six or eight weeks that we had to be closed a couple of the clients I worked with, they came back in the gym and they're like, oh, I'm so happy to be back in here. They're like, I started running when the gym was closed. And they're just talking about how their joints hurt mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. And, you know, they're not the ones I was talking to. It wasn't their joints hurt because they're overweight because they're not. It was one, they're not used to it. And running can be just like working out in that if you do squats day after day in the wrong form, you're going to start hurting. And if you're running day after day on a hard surface and you're not running right, your ankles are going to hurt, your knees are going to hurt, their lower backs were hurting, all this other stuff. And again, not to say that running is bad for you, but running in a bad way can be bad for you. And if you overdo the running, it can also be bad for you um, in your joints and stuff like that. So, yeah, I would definitely agree that, you know, running in and of itself and that's all you're doing is not going to be the healthiest thing that you do. Um, but coming out of that rabbit hole for a second on running, I'm not 100% sure what we were saying, but if we go to... Just how they were training in incorrectly in incorrect running ways. for... Yeah, um, so if we take that and we say, okay, what would be a good good way for a woman to train? So most women can train almost the exact same way as a guy, and they're going to get, you know, very good benefits out of it. One of the few things that's been scientifically reported that women can do that guys can't, so great job to you females, y'all recover better than men. Um, and I'm not saying you're not going to be sore. So we have females in the gym and they come in and they're like, oh my gosh, we had lunges yesterday. I'm super sore. Um, so you are going to get sore, but your muscles are able to recover better than guys. And a lot of times, uh, if you've looked into like working out anything like that in your traditional bodybuilding type stuff, they call it like the bro split. And you have like legs one day and biceps one day and triceps one day. And you break everything, all the muscle groups up into one day. And it's because guys don't recover super fast. A female can do like legs on day one and legs on day three and legs on day five. And so they can just train stuff more and recover better. Um, there's all different reasonings for it. But without worrying about going into them, that's really the only difference that 
is there that females have to do different than guys or and they don't even have to that they just can well and that's why i think that uh functional style training um we'll toot our own horn with our gym uh but i think that's why like the style of training we do at um uh, you know proverb is so um beneficial for women uh, a lot of times we can see the results on women excuse me faster than we can see it on men because of that very thing yeah. their bodies respond so perfectly to um weight in the rep ranges that we do it in the intensity of the workouts the recoverability that it's needed from the workouts and with those things it's almost a perfect blend for a female to train um with and that you know what, what we're saying in case you don't know is like you know, functional me, functional style training is just um think of it as like compound movements um like you know deadlifting with a barbell picking something off the ground like a, a bag of dog food i don't know or, or sandbag and then pressing an object over your head so you're recruiting a lot of muscle mass um at once pull-ups push-ups um lunges squats uh not s segregating which which we would typically see in, in with females, they would go to the gym and they would get inside of these machines and they would only do the machines they would do for reps of, you know, 20 or 30. Well, we're loading women up with, um, you know, hundreds of pounds. You know, these 100-pound women are doing uh, um, body weight squats and they're doing them for reps. And what we're seeing is, and what we've been seeing, and what I think, you know, this movement of functional training is proving that women's bodies respond to this type of like that type of training. Oh yeah, big time and in all different forms too. So kind of what you said right there, you know, functional type stuff is they come in, you know, and let's just say Monday, Wednesday, they come in on Monday and our workout on Monday is a strength portion. We're doing back squats and we have three sets of 12 back squats. And for guys and females, a rep range of 12, if done right, you're going to be building muscle. So that's where, you know, if you do it and you do 12 and um, it's getting pretty close to failure. The reps of 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, you're going to be recruiting like every bit of muscle that you have in your legs to get those, and that's where the muscle is actually going to grow really, you know, over time it's going to get bigger and way more defined in that tone thing that they're looking for. So Monday they come in and, yeah, their legs are sore. Tuesday they start getting better. By Wednesday, females are almost recovered, and all of a sudden there's wall balls so they're not doing as much strength. It's not as heavy as they went on a back squat, but they're doing wall balls, which is a bunch of legs. Maybe they got wall balls and step-ups. And so female does wall balls and step-ups, and now they're hitting their legs again, and it's perfect because they're recovered. And so now they're taking that recovered muscle, and they're building on top of it, where if you just do conventional-style weightlifting, you did squats on Monday, and so you don't touch legs again until Monday. Yeah, next Monday. And so now, you know, with the style that our gym has, like you said, um, we've seen transformations in tons of men and women, but it does work out really well for women because we don't do the traditional bro split of you're only going to hit your legs once a week. And uh, if you're one of our listeners, you are probably laughing right now because you're like, yeah, no, we don't. Like my legs get worked yep. really well, and uh, full body training. Yeah, full body training, and it's and it's all different rep ranges. So it's not like every time you come in, you're going to do sets of three, but one day it might be a set of three, another day a set of twelve, and it's it's broken up through all different variations. So we might not do a back squat for three weeks, and you come in and you're like, oh man, 
like we have eight back squats today. We haven't done it for three weeks. I'm not going to get any better. And then all of a sudden you hit a new PR on back squats for eight. You're like, how did that happen? And you look back to what we've done and it's the functional side of, well, you've done heavy step ups. That's legs, you know, pushing with your legs. You've done lots of lunges. You've done lots of wall balls. You've done all this other leg movement. You don't have to just do back squats to make your back squat better. Um, but saying all that to say, I think a lot of women get scared of that rep range of 12 feeling heavy because most that I've talked to when they come in, if I say, have you worked out before they go? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've done these five different things. And I say, okay, well, what are some of the movements you've done? And, oh, I've done kettlebell swings. I go, oh, that's awesome. We get in the gym and I say, can you show me a kettlebell swing? And they actually have the form perfect. And I'm like, oh, what's the heaviest you've gotten on a kettlebell swing? Oh, I've never gotten above 15 pounds. Mm. I'm like, 15 pounds? And they get it and they go, oh, yeah, I do three sets of 10 for 15 pounds when I go in the gym. And I'm like, oh, okay, can you grab the 15-pound weight for me? And they do it and they do 10 and they set it down. And they could have done 50. And I'm like, well, why are you doing 10? And, oh, I'm afraid that, you know, if I go heavier – then it, it's not going to be good. I'm going to get bulky. And, you know, within a month, we've kind of changed that idea in their head. And they're doing 53 pounds for sets of 15. They're like, my legs have never looked so good in my life before. Yep. And it's, it's simply making the belief of that bulky go out the window. Like bulky, like you said earlier, is not toned. Um, and most of that is going to come from, yes, pushing yourself with the weights, making yourself a lot of times it's going to make you a little uncomfortable at the beginning because you're like, ooh, this is a lot harder than I'm typical, typically used to. Uh, at first, you're going to feel it's kind of weird because you are going to be required on, let's say, where you're doing squats. You're going to be required to take a two-minute rest in between sets because you are going heavier. You can't do a set and then 20 seconds later do another set. Um, and then the other thing is, that's going to help out the most is going to be the nutrition side and learning how to eat enough protein to build the muscle that you're using. Yeah, before we segue into that, we kind of, we'll uh, finish there, but... Uh, I think what you, first of all, if you are confused about anything we're saying right here, um, you know, my, my suggestion for you is going to be a, seek out a, um, either a functional fitness style gym, um, or a, um, and I don't necessarily mean an Orange Theory or F45 because, or those type gyms, because they're only after like the cardio, like they, they want you to get in that like burn zone where you're only doing cardio for 45 to 50 minutes or whatever it happens to be. And typically they're lifting with really light, light weights. That's not what we're saying. So you need to find a gym that will, that is incorporating compound movements, squatting, lunging, pressing, pulling, pushing, um, you know, body weight style stuff that might be a crossfit gym that might be a just a regular functional fitness style gym um, you can probably google any of those type things and figure out what it is if you want to reach out to us uh, we can kind of help direct you in, in a specific spot uh, if you don't want to do look out to those gyms and um, the biggest thing to understand about muscle toning or anything like that is that you have to in, uh, apply a demand on the muscle to create change Doing 15-pound dumbbells for sets of 100 is not applying demand on the muscle. Therefore, it's not going to change and look the way you want it to look. And so as what Travis said a minute ago is 15 pounds for sets of 10, you probably walk away and go, well, that was kind of fun, but I'm, I'm done. Whereas if you walk away from a, 
a set of 10 with 53 for a female, they're feeling a lot differently. And so that is applying a demand on their body that's forcing their body to change for the better. And so I think you just have to think about that. So if you don't want to, to learn more about strength training for yourself, then you've got to find somebody that's going to teach you how to do it correctly. Um, I would not suggest just going to your local YMCA or any places like that and just hiring the next PT. Make sure you check their credentials out. Make sure they have proven results from people that, that have gotten what you want to look like. Look at people in their gym and say, I want to look like that person. And whoever got them to that point is who you want to go chase uh, knowledge from. Um, and you want to not make sure there's not just one person because – like we said a minute ago, there is those genetic anomalies where that will happen. So uh, that's kind of my, my two cents is to bring in the training side of thing. And, and the last thing we'll kind of close up today is on the nutrition style of deal. And so with nutrition, we see a lot of myths come up. We kind of hit on it earlier in the, in the podcast there. Of uh, There's two things that happen. One, people believe they're eating healthy, and they are but they're eating way too many calories, which is not allowing them to get the results they want. The other side of the flip coin is they're eating nothing and expecting their body to change. Yeah. And so hit on the, uh, the we, we kind of hit on the eating too much. And that's uh, in a nutshell there, like you can't expect your body to change um, and skipping breakfast, skipping lunch, and then eating hot dogs and, and uh, drinking beer and all that type of stuff for dinner. Like, that's not going to let your body change. You have to get a nutritional protocol in place. Again, if you don't want to think about it, you got to hire somebody that's going to help you get to that point. Don't be reading in these magazines about what that looks like. Uh, the other side is what we haven't talked about, which is like the, you know, chasing the, the yo-yo dieting or the, like, uh, green teas and the, the non-eating and all that type of stuff. Yeah, the... <clears throat> you know, move more, eat less theoretical side of things, which if you're one number one goal, you don't care about toning. You don't care about anything except for losing weight. Like you're going to lose weight if you don't eat anything is a fact. Yeah. You will lose weight. Um, however, the problem is you're going to lose a lot of muscle. And so if you are looking at it and you're like, okay, I want to tone up. If you lose 30 pounds, but you lose 20 pounds of muscle, you're going to lose that 30 pounds and you're going to be like, oh, I look thinner. But your body fat percentage might even be higher after losing weight than it was before because you've lost a predominance of muscle through losing that weight. Mm. So when we look at people and we're like, okay, so your goal is to lose weight, but you want to hold on to the muscle you have, especially if you're working out, you worked really hard for that muscle. So now it's... Uh, and I can't remember what study it was, but they, they took females and they made them eat their body weight and protein. So if you weigh 135 pounds as a female and you want to drop down to 130. Uh, so now what you're going to do is number, you know, the goal is, all right, let's find. And we have other podcasts that tell you how to find how many calories you need to eat. Um, but the, the big thing is don't skimp out on eating protein. So you need to eat about 135 grams of protein as a female that weighs 135 pounds. So that's the easiest way to do it. One, one gram of protein for every pound you weigh. And, uh, again, if you're like, oh, well, what about everything else? Because there's other calories and other things. Or what is protein? How should I get it? Anything like that. Think about anything that you've done well with in life, if there's been growth. 
it came from one of two ways. Either you're really interested in it and you did all the research on yourself and you dove into something and you, you know, you, you learned it on your own. All right. There's one way. The other way is you got someone to teach you. And so if you're like, well, a nutrition coach is really expensive. You know, they want a hundred or 125 or $150 a month. Yes, that's expensive. All right. And we completely understand that. However, you're not paying for one month of nutrition. You're paying for, okay, in this month, I want to learn as much as I can, and now I can apply that to the rest of my life. And if you do it that way, I've got nutrition clients right now that I've had for like three years. Um, they're there now completely for their uh, accountability. But my topics and our subjects have gone from week one where they're like, what is protein? What are carbs? What are fats? To now we literally have conversations back and forth, and they will tell me, hey, this is how I feel. This is what I think my proteins, my carbs, and my fats should be. What do you think? I'll read it, and 90% of the time I'm like, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Let's, let's do that for two weeks, and let's see the results. And then we can make adjustments from there. But like when you want to learn something, do it the same way you got good at your job, the same way you got good at anything else. And a lot of times that means that you're going to need someone to mentor you along that path. Yeah, and I, th I think that kind of brings us into the end today and, and saying this, if you are a part of Facebook groups or you're a part of these groups and you have that one person who lost 20 pounds and now all of a sudden they're miraculously a nutrition coach, they're probably not the person you want to listen to. Um, there is so many pyramid marketing schemes out there. There's so many people that will claim themselves to be somebody that wants to help you, knows how to help you. If they did it themselves and they've only been doing it for six weeks, that is not a definition of change. Um, because most likely, I think it's like 89% of people that lose weight put the weight back on because they have not learned how to make habit changes in their life. And so what you need is someone that's going to teach you not only about nutrition, but also about proper habit changes that will allow you to not be that statistic that does not stay uh, whatever your goal is after. And um, so think about that. Think about the people inside of these groups that are telling you things um, that what you should and should not do. Are they the way you want to look? Are they the person, have they re produced results in other people that's what you want to see? And if the answer to those questions is no, if the answer to the question is that person just started that program a week ago, a month ago, two months ago, they're not somebody you want to listen to. They're not, they don't have the credentials. You would never go into a doctor's office and go, hey, have you been to medical school? And, and the doctor says, nope. But I stayed at the Best Western last weekend. <laughs> that commercial, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And uh, you know, like that's not going to happen. You know, one time I walked into an emergency room, it was really good. You know, like you know, one time I gave a guy CPR and he lived. Like that's not the person you want to hire or the person you want uh, to give you help. You want to search out someone who's done this, who's been a surgeon, who's been a doctor, who's been in the trenches, who's helped people get that that point that actually are going to give you sound nutritional or exercise advice. Um, and so I guess that's kind of like my parting thing is make sure that you're chasing after the right material if you're looking for research or you're chasing after the right people to follow um, that will going to give you the results that you want.
Yeah, and just a little add-on to that is if you are, like, a really quick way to know, okay, is this person, you know, is this going to be a uh, – I lost my word, but some credential person, someone who has a little bit to what they're saying is habits aren't easy to change. So if you're 40 years old, you've been doing what you're doing for 40 years, it's not easy to make a change. And if someone says, hey, you can do this, and it's going to be really easy to lose 30 pounds, drop it right there. Um, so I usually start all my clients off with, and I'm like, hey, we're going to start off really so. It's not going to be easy. Uh, you're drinking eight, you know, eight Dr. Peppers a day. We're going to start off, and we're just going to try to drop that to four. Do you think that's possible? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's super easy. I can do that, no problem. In a weekend, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking six. Mm. And habit changes are not easy. We're in it for the long haul. If you can take someone who's been doing something for 40 years, and in one year, they change most of their habits and they have truly changed their habits. That's huge. Yep. So don't don't think that if you're starting this thing, it's, it's going to be easy. You have to actually make a, a habitual change and depending on how long you've been doing something, the longer you've done it, the harder it is to change. Yeah, and I, I think that's you said it exactly right. Is if, if Or if you read any material and it says uh, fat loss made easy, yeah, or it's, it's not true. Or it says 21-day fix, or it says any of those type things, just drink this thing and lose this weight. It is absolutely, emphatically a lie, and it's not true. So I hate to be the bearer by news. We hate to be the bearer by news, but change takes time. You're going to have to commit 12 months, 13 months, 24 months, 36 months to a lifestyle change. I was going to say, heck, we're at, I mean, there's still days where I go, man, I messed up today. I've been, you know, working on this thing for, uh, like, pretty strictly. Um, I think I'm at seven years now. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a lifestyle change that you're going to make some mistakes along the way. But, you know, every day you can see, okay, I'm going to make progress towards something. And it's, it's a slow process, but um, if you can make the change, you're going to be amazed at how much better you feel, how much uh, knowledge you're going to gain and stuff like that. For sure. Um, well, if you have any questions about anything we talked about today, um, you know, feel free to reach out to us um, on one of our social media platforms or go into our website. Um, those will all be in the uh, show notes, but just as a quick uh, conclusion, mine's at, uh, at Forged by Bo and at Forged by Food. Um, or www.forgebyfood.com. Um, you can check Travis out at... Um, at cruise underscore control, and both are with a K. Yep, and so, again, those will be in the show notes. I uh, hope we gave you a little bit of sound advice today, and you can take some of this, put it in your back pocket. Don't just throw it away. If you want to make change, like we said, we, you've got to commit, and uh, if you want us to help you or you need to uh, us to help find you a coach, we can do that. Um, so... I hope everybody stays safe out there. Uh, keep your head down, and uh, we'll see you next week.